This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. If you're listening in and you want to check out what's coming up on the program, you can do that, folks. Just go on Twitter, at AMI-audio. You'll see from segment to segment the posting of who's next and what the topic is. That's on Twitter, handle, at AMI-audio. If you have questions for Accessible Media Inc., maybe AMI-tv, AMI-tele, or AMI-audio, feedback at AMI.ca. Best way, just email them. And the gang will help you out with that. That's feedback at AMI.ca. You can always call in and say hello, 1-866-509-4545. Mention it's for Kelly and Company, if you would, please. And also, if you don't mind us using your message on air, you have to mention that to 1-866-509-4545. Kelly McDonald here at the Home Studio, London, Ontario. Ramya Muthan at the Home Studio in Toronto. And we welcome from his home out in Vancouver to talk health news today, reporter Grant Hardy. Hello, Grant. Welcome back. Hello, folks. Thanks for having me on. How's it going? So far, it's not bad today. Kicking things off, cozy. working our way through the show. What's that, Rob? <laughs> it's cozy. Yeah. Kind of cloudy. Cozy. It's pretty cozy. different for you, too, because you're now at home today versus yes. being over at the AMI office, which just, it, it's corporate. My new change. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real change, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Hardy, where are we starting today? All right, let's dive right in because I saw this really interesting headline from the Toronto Star that has to do with Ontario. And it is uh, the headline is, here's what you need to know about Ontario's controversial new nursing home law. Oh, uh, yes. So... Yeah, so I'm sure you guys have heard about this. Ontario's controversial new law aimed at freeing up hospital beds for an unexpected surge of, sorry, an expected surge of COVID-19 and flu patients this fall and winter takes effect today, known as Bill 7 and officially called the More Beds, Better Care Act. It allows Mm -hmm. hospitals to transfer elderly patients to nursing homes not of their choosing, provided they have been cleared for discharge and consent to the move. While seniors in this position have typically selected five nursing homes where they would like to live, they often remain uh, in hospital as alternative level of care or ALC patients while waiting for a bed in one of their preferred homes. But this can take weeks, months, or years because of the huge number of people, uh, 39,000 on the wait list for nursing homes and people are saying that the status quo cannot remain so just a couple key points about this uh this um law um patients can be sent very far away within 70 kilometers in southern ontario and 150 kilometers in the two northern ontario dis- uh, health districts possibly wow. even further mm-hmm. you are responsible for paying the cost of the move, even if the nursing home is far away, and even if uh, not on your preferred list, even if a wheelchair or stretcher is required. Uh, And patients who refuse to be discharged from hospital rooms when alternative care is available will be charged a $400 daily fee. And honestly, there's not a lot of provision that I can see for matching patients with homes that fit their linguistic, religious, or cultural needs. So guys, I have to ask you, technically, this is voluntary. If you don't want to transfer, 
you just say, no, I don't want to transfer. And that's the end of it. That's and what you pay the pushing. $400. But, yeah. But right. is there some more coercion going on? Cause that's what I'm seeing here. So, I'm just going to jump in, Rum. I'm not yeah, sure what yeah, you yeah. may have to say on this. I just want to say that I recall, especially when my father was ill um, before he passed away years ago, and again, I don't know how recent or any of this is now, you refuse, hey, that's not, you know, that's his fifth choice or our fourth choice of nursing homes. We'd like to pass and try to see if a bed comes up at one, at least his second, uh, you know, we would like to hold out. Okay, well, you know you're going to go to the end of the line. So... They've always used these little coercion things, in my opinion, but I also understand you can't leave people taking up beds in places. I, 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 I just see some of these things that just frighten the heck out of me. You're saving money. You want to save money. You want to make way you save for um, the, the, the flu season. You're going to make try, charge $400 for the day. Now, I'm not going to suggest for a moment that staying in a hospital isn't a lot of money if you actually said, I feel like staying overnight in the hospital. Hey, and, and paying for a bed. But... Um, I, I just think when you put people in the position of, so you got to get out of this bed or pay for it, go to a place that you ne- you don't want to go. It's not even on your list. We, we can't even be bothered to give you one that's out of the five on your list. That's not possible. We just have to move your butt out of here. Oh, by the way, would you pay for that trip to 70 kilometers away mm-hmm. where your family and friends can't come see you, where nobody can help you settle in, but we got to move your backside out of here? Uh, mm. I, I just... It just screams of insensitivity. It screams of what we apparently learned not to do during the pandemic: care for the the, the most respected people in our in our in our society, our elders, respect our elders, and all we every time it seems like we turn around and <laughs> thumb our nose at them. Not to mention the families, Rum. Yeah, well, was, Grant, did you have any um, follow-up yeah. from what Kelly was saying? You know, gosh, I could talk about this for hours and we only have a few minutes, but I, I just find it so fascinating that, you know, first of all, uh, housing, right? We know that if you don't have stable housing um, or the housing that you want, um, essentially you can't focus on any other aspect of your life. And right. to just pick people up and kind of plunk them down somewhere that's outside of their communities. I think that's deeply problematic. I also find it really in a negative way intriguing or maybe fascinating is a better word that, um, you know, we all acknowledge that disability is kind of a social construct and that the young and the elderly often require some extra assistance we're all hopefully going to be at that stage in life one day where we'll be seniors, but we really like, we have some provision for treating our children fairly. No one's going to say, Oh, you need help. You need a a baby carriage or something. Oh my gosh. That's so inconvenient for us. You Mm. know, nobody would do that, but we don't have that same respect or care for our elderly people, which I just find so fascinating because. But it used to be the other way, didn't it? It used to be where Mm -hmm. we kids, well, you just make, you disrespect it. You said, oh, just suck it up, grow up or whatever. We used to almost treat kids that way. And, and people said, no, you can't do that. You can't set, but we still struggle where before your elders, listen to your elders, respect your elders, and and take care. When when mom was getting too old, you know there was responsibilities that that children Still is had in many parts of the world. You in bet. many parts uh, of that, the world, that's it. 
this is not the problem people are having. There are, of course, other challenges, finances and uh, availability of actual care and medical advancements. But the the problem is not whether or not you take care of your elders, whether or not you throw them to the curb and uh, go on with your life, because the communities are all under the um, understanding and empathy that our elders matter in society. Now here, what I'm seeing is this very reactive situation. Uh Uh-oh, too many people, too many beds needed and not enough of anything. Uh, So we need to start doing something. That's what they're saying, right? We need to start doing something. Status quo is no longer going to work. Well, my question really is, why didn't we start this years ago? Why didn't we start this before the pandemic? You know, this thing that we've been saying through the pandemic is, look how easily we're reacting to all these problems and finding situations because there's no other option. We need to. We need to work remotely. We needed to uh, get all these virtual events going. We needed to do all this stuff. And uh, kind of like people with disabilities were rolling our eyes saying, yeah, and where was it when we needed it? And it's the same thing here, right? But that's right? the same with jobs, right? We, we, it's the same thing the with People everything. with disabilities who have been here all their life are secondary to people who come right. maybe from somewhere else because we say, oh, we can't have people complaining that we're bringing too many people in from other countries. They have to come in and work. But meanwhile, there is a whole flock of disabled people saying, my hand's up for a job. You know, yeah. can, can, can I get some training? Can I get a job? I'm and going to back to, yeah. to our elderly population, it's the same thing. We knew. We knew that our elderly population was growing and growing and growing. And where were we going to get the support? And now all of a sudden, oh, my goodness, there's not enough. We need to ship them off into all these different communities that you're not, uh, you know, that don't suit you or your families. And now we're going to have all these secondary problems. Well, and, and look, there are going to be certain people, economically challenged people, maybe who yes, aren't from here, people who have speak, who are going to have, like, if you're a disabled person, you may not be able to go see your mother and support or help her mm-hmm. if they ship her 70 kilometers away, unless you get up and move to that same town or and whatever. And that $400 fee, they're going to just tack on. Where That's is that right. going to come Which from? Which is meant for fear to, to get people just to say, well, no, mom, we got to send you there. Like, that's just the way it is. We can't afford that money. You're going. And this is the pitting people against each other because we, in our minds, the government has said, well, for years we've allowed people to hold up the works and let this get out of hand. And now we're going to step down on it. And always when we step down on it, we go too far. Yeah. And we know that isolation is not just loneliness. It's actually a major. It's a death card for a lot of people, isn't it, Grant? It's a death card. yeah. can be the difference between someone who's cheerful and and perky or someone who slips into you know symptoms of, of dementia is mm-hmm. you know not mm-hmm. having your family members around that's tricky enough if you live sort of a few blocks away let alone yeah. uh you know 70 kilometers away which i don't even know how i'd be able to get uh down there to visit my family so it's you know it's it's scary stuff it's I'm not it's incredibly one of depressing says, and upsetting. Yeah, yeah. I'm not one of those people who tends to say kind of, what's the world coming to you? But the, this is a situation where I go like, wow, I don't know if I'd want to be uh, there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you would like to see what are your government supports because you have to have, when you lay this out, saw the drawbacks for so many people and basically what message you're sending to our to our society. Excellent, Grant. Good choice. It's, yeah. Thank you. Uh, let's see, we got a couple more minutes here. Yeah. 
Uh, all right. Canada, uh, this is from the Globe and Mail, uh, Canada to make a Rive Can app optional and drop uh, vaccine requirements for the border. This is a little lighter, uh, but the federal government plans to drop the COVID-19 vaccination requirement for people who enter Canada by the end of September, the same day it ends random testing of arrivals and makes optional the Arrive Can app. The mask requirement for people on planes and trains will remain. The aviation and travel industries have been pushing for this move uh, for a long time. Uh, it's worth noting that Canada's rules were pretty much in line with other countries at the start of the pandemic. They have stuck around a little longer, though, but the U.S. is still keeping vaccine requirements in place. Again, it's interesting. I'm not one of these people who says, oh, our government's response to COVID has been so terrible. But one interesting challenge for us, the community, is this Arrive Can app, because mm-hmm. for whatever reason, it is not accessible. And, you know, I actually haven't traveled internationally since the border uh, COVID, but I downloaded this app and it looked fine. I'm like, what are people talking about? The images are all labeled. Everything's great. And then you get to one crucial screen. I forget if it's maybe, I don't know what it is. Is it the submit screen or, or something like that, Grant? It's I, something actually pretty near the beginning. Okay. And all of a sudden, like, you can't click on something. And then I go, oh, yeah. it's They, they know to design it accessibly because they've labeled the images, but they obviously never had someone actually test well, it out for and the worst thing grant is i believe you guys brought this forward too uh maybe through atw i i'm not sure but i recall a discussion that the government has known about this for two years or, or well, yeah absolutely. since the beginning of the app absolutely and i think from my understanding the idea is that something like this happens you uh, uh contract someone to uh build the app and then if there's a problem, it's harder just to go back and say, like, oh, you know, let's tweak this because it's not really in-house. You'd have to sign another contract, whatever. Is that an excuse? Absolutely not. Yeah, and that's no. not what I'm saying. But I think that's the excuse that they're kind of going with. Uh, it kind of couples with the COVID-19 alert app that I find pretty interesting, too, right. because yeah. that app spent millions of dollars developing and marketing that app and in the end it really hasn't been used yeah. at all to no, i forget i have it once in a while suddenly oh oh yeah it's checking for <laughs> grant thanks a lot man uh we've got to run all right great stuff we'll good, talk to you friday take care guys reporter grant hardy joining us talking health news here on kelly and company up next from our communications and marketing department greg david to talk tv Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.